Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Hey, I would love if you would spread the word about our podcast by following us at Innovation Meets Leadership on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and give us a shout out so we know that you are listening. Well, hey guys, welcome back to part two of our podcast with Jim Kalbach. As we talk about jobs to be done, if you have not listened to our first podcast on this topic, I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to part one first so that you don't miss a thing. Now, join us as we talk about part two of Jobs to be Done. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about something that Chick-fil-A did where they said, I want to innovate our drive-through because we make the most money there, but there's nobody actually over the drive-through, which was crazy. And then they started to say, okay, what if we got people to stand outside and take the orders? What if we pay? Like, so just the idea of where, and then mapping that out and saying, now what within that? and it's really interesting how they did that. And so down here in Atlanta, Georgia, we've got the the Chick-fil-A drive-through and it's really innovative in the fact that when you when you drive up, there's all these people standing outside that are taking your order, even in the elements, and are moving you through so that when you get up to the window, you just get your food and you drive off. And so you're not doing all this payment exchanging and all this, you know, e- even sometimes the food comes to you before you've gotten to the window. And so it's the idea that let's take what's already lucrative and let's make it a lot better. Yeah. So through the jobs to be done lens, what I would first do is I would throw away Chick-fil-A and the notion of a drive drive through. And I would frame the answer to the question, where do you want to innovate? very generically and independently, um, I'd have to think about the language, but it would, some, it would be something like purchase food from my car, right? Or purchase food, even I wouldn't even say car, maybe purchase food from a vehicle, right? And what you would do is just understand that. How can, how can that be done? How, how would people do that? Um, independent of, of a solution like a drive-through or people standing outside versus the, you know, the button that you press with the, with the speaker, right? You wouldn't talk about all that stuff at first. You would just understand something like uh, you know, getting food uh, from my vehicle, right? You would frame it that way. You would understand that, and then you would compare your current solution to that, to that job map. Right. I would map out that job as generic steps, and then I would compare my solution, and then I would be able to see oh, wait, that ordering process is really slow, right? You got to press the button, wait for somebody to respond. I can't understand them. You would find all those problems there. But what it would help you do is zero in on the point of the best point of intervention that you can have to innovate that experience. I love you applying that example over what I just talked about, because you can even see how, even as I'm explaining it, it's so hard to get our mindset out of the technology, right? The iPads and all the things that we could do just to say, how do you speed up that innovation? So, so the last thing I want to ask you about today is you, you've got this section in the book on recipes when it comes to innovation. Talk a little bit about someone who is really looking to innovate in their in a corporate setting. How can they ad- apply some of these recipes that that you have? How do you, how are you, what's the intended use for these really? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the intent, as I said at the outset of, of our talk here, uh, the intention of the recipes was to provide some glue 
conceptual glue to put the plays that I talked about in, in the previous seven chapters to put those plays together in a, in a more actionable um, state that you can actually drive inside of your organization. And the, the first thing um, about the recipes is I did try to uh, pick out, I think I have five of them there, and I tried to pick out some different situations that you're in. Um, so if you're a startup and you don't have a product on the market yet, you're going to approach your problem space, your innovation differently than if you're you know, in a big corporation, maybe that has a lot of legacy technology and legacy products as well, too. So I wanted to the recipes kind of have different flavors of situations, you know, startup versus an existing uh, company and then how you might apply um, some of the techniques as represented in the plays in my books to innovation. Right. The point there is that jobs to be done is very flexible. At least I see it as a very flexible technique. Where ODI is is its own method, I see jobs to be done more as an approach, a framework, as you've been saying, even a way of seeing or a way of thinking. That's how I think about jobs to be done. And then what I wanted to do was inspire people to be able to kind of come up with their own recipe because everybody's situation is different, right? And and it's not just the whether you're you know an existing company versus a new company. It's what industry are you in? The way that your field and your domain moves is going to be different than than the next industry as well, too. So I wanted to kind of position jobs to be done as this very flexible technique that you can put together. You can take those building blocks and kind of put them together into, into your own recipe. As I mentioned, too, I don't think I put enough effort in that part of the book, or at least there's not enough meat there uh, because it's just a little bit more of a suggestion than any real practical advice that I give you. So that was one, that was one, uh, one kind of uh, intention behind the recipes. But I also wanted to suggest as well, too, that you can innovate at different levels, uh, that you can innovate your corporate strategy, or you can look at, um, uh, you know, a specific, a specific problem that maybe uh, a business unit or even a product addresses, you can take that specific problem like drive-throughs, right? So Chick-fil-A could use jobs to be done to innovate its entire corporate strategy. And, and launch them into a new M&A direction, right? That kind of thing. Or you can innovate order taking, right? So you can, you can innovate at different levels, right? And then, and then the, the thing with the recipes, uh, in addition to the level of innovation, is, is what, your, what, your, what your specific context is. How, you know, are you trying to launch something new? Or are you trying to improve something that exists as well, too? So it's really just, a, it's really just an attempt, a first attempt. And I'm, hopefully I'll be doing more with this, Natalie. Uh, but it was a first attempt to say that you, you can apply jobs to be done in different ways. Well, and I even hear maybe even a second book coming out of this, a pre you know. <laughs> I don't know. Writing a book can be painful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not signing up for that, guys. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, I just released this one. <laughs> so um, any final thoughts for our listeners? No, I mean, I just, um, you know, I, I, innovation is this really slippery topic, right? And, you know, some, some people are, are uh, you know, since the book has come out, I, I, I've heard some 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 people almost griping. You know, why do we need another methodology? Why you know is this the new hype thing? You know, uh, here comes Jim Callback. He's going to tell me about jobs to be done. First of all, I'm not I'm not a consultant. I'm not selling jobs to be done. If if you don't want to use it or it doesn't make sense to use it, that's fine with me. In fact, the very 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 little consulting that I do, one of the first questions I ask is, why do you even need jobs to be done? Maybe you don't need it, right? Innovation is slippery enough that you need different perspectives. Sometimes, sometimes you need to pull something out of your toolkit to grab onto that thing that's just going to slip away from you otherwise. And I think Jobs to Be Done offers something unique. Uh, I really do. 
but don't feel like you have to do it just because everybody's everybody else around you is doing it or the world is doing it right now. At least that's what it seems like. Right. Um, it, it's just another tool. It's a, it's another tool that that can be very powerful or not. Yeah. And I love that because it is a tool in the tool belt. And even as I was reading this book, I was finding different places I could apply this. And for me, what was going on in my mind is how do I remove the intrinsic bias that's there? And this to me is a beautiful way to do that. So, so I love that. This is underscore, underscore final, underscore capital final here <laughs> uh, for this one here. Um, Job Speedon doesn't have to replace uh, your current methods, right? So if you're looking at design thinking or lean or innovation frames or any whatever you know innovation technique that you're using, I believe Job Speedon can complement that. If I am going to write a new book, and I'm not volunteering yeah. for that, but <laughs> it would be it would be around how Job Speedon integrates into existing methods because I think it, the the, pers- the unique perspective that it brings. Um, can help you shift your frame of reference, but it also fits into existing techniques. Well, I like that because that's what I'm hearing. Let's not call it another book or, or part two, but that's what I'm hearing is that it's it's the thoughtful part is how does it snap into what you're doing today? How does it snap into the methodologies and the things that you're already pulling from your tool belt? And when we get into places where we know the entire organization is biased on a certain way of doing things, how do we help them move forward in a way where they can get outside of their own box? Because a lot of times we we build the box and then we get in it over and over again and we can't figure out why we can't get a different result. And what I like about Jobs to be Done for me as I was reading this is it breaks that thought pattern and it forces you to think differently, which to me is the birthplace of innovation, is being able to think differently about a problem you see over and over again and being able to approach it from a different lens. Absolutely. I'm glad you see it that way because a lot of people think about it as, oh, something I have to, you know, I got to throw out everything that I've been doing and now you now swap it out for jobs to be done. Kind of like pulling the tablecloth out on, from under, underneath, you know, the crystal wine glasses. It's like, you know, you don't have to do that. And that's exactly what we're trying to do at the uh, Jobs to be Done Toolkit. So after I released the book, I launched a website, a resource called the Jobs to be Done Toolkit. It's jtbdtoolkit.com. And we have some online learning there, but also live courses every month. And we have one coming up at the end of March. But the last course that we ran in, in January was actually the title of it was Integrating Jobs to be Done into Your, into your Methods, into Your Workflow, um, to, to kind of look at that. We're going to be releasing a small ebook on the topic as well, too. So if you go to jtbdtoolkit.com, uh, there's some free downloads there. But this integration um, aspect that you, that you just talked about, that mindset, of layering jobs to be done on top of what you're already doing. Um, that's something that we're, we're starting to drive even further at the, at the jobs to be done toolkit. So how do you see this? And th- now this is just, I'm just super curious now. How are you guys using this within Mural? Yeah, um, it, it's, it's a good question. Um, not, not so intentional or deliberate. I think, you know, well, first of all, Mural has exploded in 2020 in terms of employees and processes and customers and things like that. So back when we were a smaller company, uh, you know, 50 people instead of 450, well, I was used, kind of using jobs to be done almost not explicitly. We did a whole bunch of things that I didn't even use the word jobs to be done. Again, going back to that thinking right? It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's not a label or a technique, right? It's, it's a way of thinking. And I introduced jobs to be done in, sometimes without even folks knowing it because I wasn't calling it jobs to be done. Uh, you know, 
just to hi- highlight that point of integrating into existing techniques. But my colleague, uh, Augustine Soler, who's one of the founders of Jobs to be Done, of, of Mural, I meant to say, we have a nice, uh, uh, he's got a nice post out there on how he used Jobs to be Done thinking in product development. And it's actually a case study in the book as well, too. And guess what? It starts with a job map. <laughs> and then from there, you can find where, where you're going to trigger, what you're going to affect. And then from there, you, he created personas and what are called job stories. So job stories are a technique. So you have this cascading effect that when you're working on it, anybody in the team that's working on an individual problem, either a screen or a line of code, it rolls up, it rolls back up to that high level framing, right? So it's anchored, it's grounded. Your, your, your local work is anchored to a global framework around jobs to be done. That's just one example of what we've, what we've done in the past here at Mural. That's, that's really cool. Say that last part again. You said your local work is anchored in a global framework. Is that right? Correct. Correct. So you go out and do the research. You ask yourself, where do we want to innovate? You can create a job map to, as a scaffolding to kind of define that space. And then from there, have conversations or, or use some of the techniques in the book to, to kind of prioritize where you're going to affect. Okay, in Q3, we want to fix that problem. And by the way, fixing a problem, I don't mean a technical problem. I mean a human problem, right? And then from there, from there, you can extract um, pain points uh, that are encapsulated in job stories. So job stories are these little, little three-part stories. It's kind of like a little Mad Libs where you fill in the blank that you can then take into a design sprint or a, uh, an, ag- an agile sprint as well, too that you know are anchored in your overall investigation as defined by the scaffolding of a job map so that when you're working on that specific problem, you don't have to think about, hey, where did that come from? How do I know if this is a problem, right? And I don't know about you, Natalie. I mean, I've worked in product organizations a lot. And sometimes you get handed this problem and you're like, where did that come? Where did that problem? Why is this a problem that we're trying to solve, right? So we, so you have this, this rationale that goes from the high level all the way down to the small level so that when a team is really trying to solve a problem at the screen level or the button level, right, or the code level, is you have the confidence that it rolls back up to some other higher logic. And that logic, here's the important point. That logic is based on observing human behavior, right? It's it's not, it's not a made up logic. It's it's a logic that comes from the people that you want to serve. This is a break in our normal way of thinking, and so that's that's why I love this book because um, one of the things we say on this podcast is is don't just get out of the box, break it, right? Um, and and the whole idea is that if you're going to innovate, in my opinion you have to figure out how to get outside of of the way that you think in order to do that and so even as you know reading the book and just hearing you talking what you're saying is if you're approaching everything through the lens of your company you're missing out on a lot of opportunity in the market because we're so focused on that lens that's exactly right and you know there's a really famous quote henry ford um, apparently said, and I, I think it's apocryphal. I don't know if he actually said it, but he's attributed to the quote that if I asked people at the time what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Now, the problem with that quote is a horse or a car, because a car is implied, right? Henry Ford. Those are solutions. And the thing is, you can't ask your market about your solutions. That's your, as the innovator, it's your job as the innovator to imagine a future that your, your customers can't imagine. That's not their job to come up with the solution. That's your job. What they have, though, are needs, and they can absolutely express those needs. So what Henry Ford should have asked, he asked the wrong question because he was asking about a solution. 
He should have then asked, oh, you want a faster horse? What are you trying to get done? And they would have said something like, I need to get from point A to point B quicker, right? That's a job to be done with a need, right? So he didn't, he didn't get down to the job to be done. Um, and, and, that, and as you, as you mentioned, we're so used to be talking about our own solutions, faster horses, right? That kind of thing that you need that little, you need that little nudge to just kind of pop outside of that. I, sometimes I talk about it like an out-of-body experience. That jobs to be done, it allows you as an organization to float above your body, your, your, your own company, and look back at yourself from, you know, from, from the operating table or whenever you hear about these out-of-body uh, uh, stories, right? That kind of thing. And you look back at yourself, not through the lens of your own product, solution, or brand, but you see yourself as customers see you. Yeah. Something in there you said too, that I hope people took note of our listeners. And, and it's this idea that as the innovator, it's your job to create the future when you said that, but it's, it's, again, it's all in how we approach the, the, we, we need to decouple the future from the solution. And so, so often we say we want the customer to create the future. That's not their job. And I, and I just love that you said that because that really, for me, it puts a line in the sand of what's your job to be done and what's their job to be done. <laughs> exactly. Your job to be done as an innovator is to conceive of a future that doesn't yet exist. Their job is to understand their needs and, and they seek out better solutions to fulfill their needs. The two are separate. And what jobs to be done lets you let you have that cognitive separation in, in your mind or in your collective mind as a team. Any other final thoughts? <laughs> no, I think that was underscore V2, final underscore capital finder underscore V2. So I think we're done here. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, Jim. All right. Thanks, Natalie. To learn more about Jim Kalbach, follow him on LinkedIn, Twitter, or head over to experiencinginformation.com. And then what was the other website, Jim, that we should ha we should have people head over to for Jobs to be Done? The Jobs to be Done Toolkit. So it's www.jtbdtoolkit.com. Awesome. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make Imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.